1: Hey, and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. As always, my name is Josh King, and I'm recording here in central Arkansas at uh, what I consider to be uh, the beautiful Second Baptist Church. And uh, Sam and Micah are not on the show today. I think Sam is professing at the Southern Seminary, and Micah is learning at the Southeastern Seminary. So uh, they're out doing their seminary stuff and um, recording today. Uh, which is okay, which is cool. I've got my friend Matt on the show today. Matt, how's it going?
0: Very good, and I like how you didn't even try to say my last name.
1: I'm not even going to that's attempt great. it, man.
0: <laughs> it's Matt Swoboda. That's the S- name.
1: Swoboda. That's there we right. go. Yeah. So that wasn't even gonna be possible. I was gonna get that completely wrong.
0: No, it's good. I like to give a little guidance before you make a fool out of yourself. <laughs>
1: Which is a perfect segue to what we're talking about today. <laughs> a little guidance before you make a, yeah, a yeah. little <laughs> guidance before you make a fool out of yourself. We're talking about coaching and I'll tell you why. I mean, this makes sense. Matt is coaching, consulting um uh, myself. Uh we have three pastors here at second. He's he's consulting the three of us and um has been doing so since mm, January? Yes, February.
0: January, February. We started off. Yeah. Right.
1: And um, so, great relationship. We've seen massive benefits from it as well. I, um, If you know me, if we talk about pastoring, on a personal note, you know that I have plugged Matt and Church Ops, um, and the benefit it has been for Second Baptist. And so, what I thought was we'd bring him on the show today and just talk a little bit about it, because I think there's a lot of, in this, what we're going to do for our listeners is, in this episode... We're going to chat a little bit about just coaching in general, why you need it, who's it for some of the myths and legends of it. And then in the next episode, so next week, if you tune in, we will be kind of breaking apart the top three things that need to be coached in and give you a little free coaching, I think. So um, you're going to want to listen to both episodes. Matt, how long have you been doing consulting, coaching, and kind of what got you into that?
0: So, uh, man, well... What got me into it was when I was on staff as an executive pastor uh, at the Bridge Church in uh, just south of Nashville. Uh, one, um, we just had a lot of people start reaching out to us and just saying, hey, we are struggling with this. Can you help us? And I thought, oh, man, sure, I'd love to. And I would give as away as much of my time as I possibly could. And eventually the request way outgrew uh, you know the margin that I had to do that. And so, uh, it's been unofficially, it's been a little, uh, probably about a year and a half that I, we, I started just kind of, uh, me and, and some of the guys I was on staff with, uh, we would just kind of hand select, Hey, here's a few churches we really believe in, love these leaders, uh, let's create some time for them. Uh, and then, you know, that was, uh, uh a very focused kind of intentionality of let's invest in these guys in these churches. And so uh, about a year and a half ago, we started several of those relationships. And then when I stepped away from the bridge um, last October, uh, I had several churches reach out and say, Hey, would you mind helping us with this? And I said, man, sure. I'd, you know, I'd be happy to do that. Next thing I knew those requests grew and I thought, you know what, I really feel like this is the door of the Lord's opening. And so uh, went, you know, went all in, Uh, with that, and it's been, it's been very cool. Just the relationships that have already opened and uh, the opportunities for me to just get to share what, you know, we learned at the bridge of just, you know, growing from 250 to about 3,300, you know, when I was there and all the coaching we received and the different ways in which we received it. And so just getting to turn around then and man, here's everything we learned. Let me just hand deliver this uh, for other churches so they, they can, you know, they can benefit from it as well.
1: Cool. So several you, months. Yeah. So uh last October kind of is when you stepped away, but then it kind of grew from there. Um, it was shortly after that. You know, I was I was I came on staff here in September and just through some of the growing pains as we grew, um, just trying to find a little bit of um advice, then um I told a coworker of mine um to reach out to you and just see if you could, you know, help him out, kind of understand some things, help us both out. And that's where he discovered that you were doing this. And you call this Church Ops, right? Yes,
0: yeah, so It's Church Ops Group. So I have a few other people who help me just depending upon you know what a church needs. And I never pretend to be anything that I'm not. And so there's a few categories where someone needs help. Uh, I am not the guy. And so I have a few other people on my team that are, are super helpful um, when it comes to um, some of the financial things and, and some other categories. And so, yeah, it's Church Ops Group.
1: Cool, And we'll be talking, we'll share at the end of the show, sort of the direct links and those sort of things on how you can get plugged into church ops and Matt, some of the demons out there, Matt, I hear sometimes folks are like, you know, well, I'm a pretty decent, like maybe they don't say this, um, but you kind of get the feeling that they're a pretty decent pastor and they are, I'm not even saying they're not, Mm -hmm. they are really exceptional pastors. What would you say to the church leaders, as they consider, maybe I need some consulting, but I kind of know what I'm doing in large part. Is there a need yeah. in that area?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, one, I hope people look at, uh, I hope they look at it as just part of learning. Um, you know, I always talk about, like, man, everybody needs pace setters. And I think you need that from, like, from a publisher, like, what book are you reading? To a podcast that you're listening to, um, to, to a person, and I think like, man, anything you can be doing to be constantly learning, uh, thankfully, I don't think there's a lot of pastors out there who, who really feel like, man, thankfully, I really know everything. And, <laughs> and I, you know, I don't need to go out there and, and, and search and find it. And, uh, so for me, it's like, man, I think in the life of every church, there's going to be seasons and moments where, uh, you know, going out and getting uh, a consultant or a coach, um, is exactly what that church needs. Now, uh, like, uh, if any coach tells you differently, they're probably just trying to take your money, but you shouldn't need a consultant and a coach forever and, and always ongoing. Mm-hmm. But there are certain seasons uh, in a church's life, and sometimes that can be explosive growth and sometimes it can be, man, we've plateaued for three years and we've tried to figure it out for a while and then nothing's working. Mm-hmm. Well, man, sometimes that fresh set of eyes and someone who's been where you are, it's just the exact conversation you need. And so, yeah, hopefully, you know, some of those stereotypes of, man, this is for guys who are only really struggling or guys who, who, you know, have to admit they don't know what they're doing. Hopefully we're all humble enough to know there are times and seasons we do not know what to do. Right. And that's where, you know, having that kind of that posture of learning is so helpful.
1: Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, when we first started this relationship between Church Ops and Second Baptist, I thought it was going to be more for my. Um, co-workers, like my um, co-pastors and what they're doing. And I thought, you know, in my, I kind of know the direction I'm running in my zone. um, But maybe this would be more helpful for us as we kind of learn to run together. Not really so much like what I do, but personally, I've learned a ton and how to fit some of the pieces together. I knew some of the things, but just didn't know how to put them together correctly. It's like having all the Legos, but you don't know exactly how they all go together. So Uh, Matt has stepped in and kind of helped us out in that way. You brought up something a minute ago, though, talking about uh, somebody just trying to take all your money. Um, Yes. I think that (laughs) there's a lot of feeling sometimes. And I can, you know, we can all name some of the larger firms out there that are like, man, I can't afford that. There's no way to get this. And and how do you justify that expenditure? What do you think? Like, how do you think through things like that?
0: Well, there's a few things here. So, one – Every time as a pastor, we invested in learning, it was never a bad decision. Hmm. Now that can be now, but that, that can, and that goes from your small investment to your large investment. So that went from, Hey, to three of us getting in a car, driving five hours for a, a one hour lunch and driving home. Well, I mean, that's 10 hours of, you know, salary dollars at work plus a lunch just for an hour of conversation. Uh, listen, every single time we made that kind of investment, we learned something, we took something back that after that hour conversation in the car on the way home, we were talking about what needed to change or what we needed to improve or how, you know, how to apply whatever we just did, or man, we need to set up a meeting because we've got to, we got to alter our thinking a little bit here. So every single time, I think if you had that learning posture, like every investment you make into it, you always get some ROI. Now, the question is, some ROI is better than others.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I do know, you know, sometimes there's just, man, the the kind of the overhead and, and what you have to pay for what you get. But the reality is there are sometimes there are some things where you, you know, it's, it's like the, you get what you pay for. And it is amazing to have as many of those like free lunches you can possibly get to pick people's brain. But eventually, and at times in those specific seasons, you just need more. And, um, and, you know, you have to pay for more. And so, uh, I would, I mean, I definitely suggest because there is some investments that are better than others. And so I definitely suggest, man, uh, talk to a company, talk to people who've been doing this and helping, you know, several churches. And figure out, hey, this is what I think I'm looking for. What do you suggest? And, and and what would it cost? And don't just talk to one. I mean, I definitely recommend talking to find the person that you feel like this will be the most helpful to me, and this will be the you know the best investment we can make. Mm-hmm. Uh, every dollar you know that we get uh, you know leading a church is a stewardship issue, and right. so being really wise with that is important.
1: I'll say, like for us, the way that we thought through it. And the way that I've thought through it before is there have been seasons at churches where I thought I really need some help, but I cannot afford, really we we just could not afford um, anything. And to that I would say don't let the lack of ability to pay a couple thousand, multiple thousands of dollars to a consultant or a consulting firm keep you from learning. So what Matt was talking about there with the whole like, driving five hours for a lunch and driving back, I've done that, un, you know, innumerable amounts of time. Um, just recently, uh, the pastors and I all went three hours and we went up there, had lunch, turned around, came right back. And we yeah. do that. And the best teams I know do that sort of things. And so, if you're at a a church that's just in a position, large or small, that just cannot afford to leverage money that way, or maybe your form of expenditures, maybe there's a a board over you or Mm -hmm. next to you that's just not letting that sort of money loose, then that's no excuse not to get that sort of advice. Even in Matt's story, Matt, you're talking about like how folks were reaching out to you guys and was like, Mm -hmm. hey, could we the best churches I know regardless of their size are like that. They're just like, yes. yeah, here, come over. Yes. And
0: right. You can trust that's that what that's what shocked us. We were getting time. We went out to a church in Indianapolis It was a 9,000 person church. We just shot an email. Hey, would you mind getting with us? They say yes. We drive up there. They're they're like seven of their top eight leaders blocked 3 hours off to just meet with three of our three, you know, three of our team members. Huh. We were constantly shocked how often people would say yes. And yeah. so it does not hurt at all to just say, hey, would you meet with us? We'll drive to you. Will you meet with us? We had a guy from 12 Stone in Atlanta who mm-hmm. we asked him to take him to lunch. He said, yes, we drove to Atlanta for that lunch. And he at lunch, he asked us, so why are you guys in Atlanta? <laughs> we said just for this lunch. And he was in shock. Hmm. But it was absolutely worth it every yeah. single time. And and p- people would be amazed how often they get a yes to be able to sit down with people who are just much further ahead and right. give them that time.
1: Yeah. The, the one I was just talking about, we contacted them. I contacted the pastor. It's one of the largest churches in America and said, Hey, I'd like to get lunch and shot me. I, to be honest with you, I thought I was going to get some sort of response like, Oh, uh, uh, well, here's my administrative assistance. Phone number set something up. Didn't he shot it straight back. Was like, totally would love to let's have it on this date. Well, then I told our XP, why don't you contact their XP and see if you can do it at the same time? We're going up there. He did same thing with the ministries pastor. We did all of that. And the the kind of the comical response from their ministries pastor at that church was, well, I have to eat lunch every day. So I might as well, you know, hang out with you guys because this is fun. So, you know, just going up there and it doesn't cost very much at all.
0: No, people want to invest. And to be honest with you, there's benefit of just being in a car with a couple of your team members that long. Yeah. Dreaming. Talking, working through issues, you know, and I was like, man, when else in the office do you actually get four hours both ways to have dedicated conversation? It's a good, I mean, it's a good reason to get out of the office and have some great conversation.
1: Right. Right. So then the actual term, like, so that's the free, that's usually cost you gas and and a meal. Um, Maybe you're in a position where there's some surplus, God's blessed your church, there's some surplus dollars there, or you just kind of convince the team, we need to invest because we're growing so well. And I would argue um, as much, not just the churches that are plateaued, but those churches that are surging, that's the time to get the investment because a lot of churches surge and then it fizzles out or falls apart because- you're not stretching yourself or learning how to deal yeah. in that sort of area. So, yeah, I mean.
0: And, and even ahead. on that, I would just say, you know, not even just do I have surplus. You know, it's like every good smart company budgets right. for development. Oh, yeah. Every smart church is budgeting for development. Hey, what money do can we plan for this year to make sure we are growing and we are learning and we are, you know, we are being as good as stewards of what God has blessed us with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I would even say, man, plan ahead and you should do that as a church as a whole. And then, man, uh, have a plan for your team members to be able to have some kind of investment um, mm-hmm. so that they can develop and grow as well. Right.
1: Um, let me just take a moment here to share with our listeners uh, something that's kind of new, something that could help them out and uh, totally free, something that you can get your hands on. We all are well aware of several of the abuse Cases and scandals that have broken out in different denominations, as well as our um, home denomination, the Southern Baptist. And uh, there's a new resource Becoming Available. It's called Becoming a Church That Cares Well for the Abused. It's a curriculum designed to equip the church on how to respond well to the initial report of abuse. The curriculum brings together top experts from various fields to help leaders understand and implement the best practices for handling variety of abuse scenarios at church, school, or ministry. You can learn more and get it for free by texting CHURCH CARES, that's one word, CHURCH CARES, to eight 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 one one one. So I'd mm-hmm. invite you to kind of check that out. And uh, that's something made possible by the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. So, Matt, we're talking a little bit about uh, the cost of investment because you and I both know that's the biggest struggle right there. It's mm-hmm. just thinking through that, communicating, hey, we're mm-hmm. going to spend X number of dollars on This. So one of the ways that I have shared with um, some folks in sort of like medium sized churches when they're like, man, we can't afford that or we kind of could. We can't justify it. That's that. If if that's in your mind, we could afford it. I can't justify it. Let me let me share one way of thinking through it that I agree with is if you're in this church and say you're kind of like a smaller staff, that sort of thing. And you would love to have what a lot of churches call an XP or an associate pastor that kind of position, but you can't really afford a full time person with the salary and all that sort of stuff. But you need that sort of advice, input on the not only the business side of things, but the administrative side of things. Those are, maybe that's the area where you're wanting advice. Well, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, let's say it's five thousand dollars, but you find a consultant that's five thousand or ten thousand or fifteen. Whatever that is, that's far less than uh, – that's a good space to start. And so you do that for a couple years, a year. You see how that advising that, – that can almost be like that position in your church, and it helps at a far more affordable rate. And so th- yeah. there's some big benefits that come in from such a small investment.
0: Yeah, and that's huge. I mean that's – a lot of churches try to actually make a mistake making a bigger investment, hiring mm. staff before they really need it. And I see Mm -hmm. a lot of churches who go and hire that executive pastor from 400 to 700 people. It does not work out most of the time, and it costs twice as much. And rather than, hey, why don't pay a bit of an outside guide to help you get things established enough and get to the place where that executive pastor is really a need. And, uh, and then, and things are set up to where that person is set up with a lot more success to walk in mm. day one because ministry systems, they're already established. The culture, it's already established the staff, you know, the staff structure and what that's going to look like and having a two year staffing plan that's already established. So an executive pastor gets to walk in and not have to do all of that crazy, heavy lifting. Um, cause usually when you're at a church about 700, you're hiring someone who hasn't been an executive pastor before. Or they've been an executive pastor at a smaller context, mm-hmm. and so asking them to do this huge heavy lifting that your church has never done, uh, there's just a reason why it doesn't work out a lot. And so yeah, yeah. just it's a it's, it is a way to sometimes delay a larger investment and still be able to take ground along the way. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a great point, Josh.
1: Right. Uh, and yeah. Think of it that you know be reminded of this that let's say you make that larger full time salary investment initially, it's hard. Uh, There's a lot of uh, plowing, that sort of stuff. Let's say it doesn't work out. Two, three years later, that position, there's people in the church going, what do they do? We're too small for this sort of thing. Or some of the changes are not welcome, that sort of – so the position dies out. Now think of a time where you you again need it or you would like it, but the church is burned on the idea of that position. And so easing in helps with uh, building yourself up to the right expectations for what that position will be and what you need to do.
0: Yeah. And setting it up for success. Perfect. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Another thing I would just say is, you know, when people wrestle through, man, I don't know if I can justify the cost. What, what ends up happening, is like people who don't invest in retirement. Mm. They think, they think, oh, man, like I can't afford to do that. Well, you can't afford not to. Because mm-hmm. if you don't make the sacrifice to make it happen on the front end, what's it going to do? It's going to bite you severely on the back end. And right. So it's easy to look at the difficulty of the investment on that front end without ever considering, but man, what are we missing out on? You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a church I, I worked with that was, was, and this is why when I usually do like, um, coaching with an executive team or just a leading executive pastor, the, one of the first ones I always go over with everybody is just their stewardship development system. Because typically that just guarantees that the ROI on their financial investment is well worth it by the end of the year, by simply mm-hmm. implementing that system and improving that um, I just want to make sure that they know and they see, hey, you're, you're going to get a lot more back than what you invested in. Um, but yeah, which churches is, don't sit there and you know consider enough. What are we missing out on if we don't get some help?
1: Yeah, which is one of our comical stories. I think I've told this to Matt before, but uh, Matt advised us in a very specific area when it came to stewardship and implementation that we put in place almost immediately. So like he told us on, let's say we meet on Wednesdays once a month. So he told us on a Wednesday that Sunday, we did what Matt told us to do. It was, we thought very smart. So we did it. We, we implemented it. There was a a increase Dream, by the way, do what?
0: (laughs) said you're a consultant's dream. You hear it on Wednesday is happening on Sunday.
1: We did it. And there was an increase in our giving and uh, you know, but that can happen. You have up, you have down. Well, the increase stayed and has stayed for the m- several months since we, impl- you know, did that change, implemented that change. And so I always joke and say, I can't objectively prove that it was Matt's advice, but it happened at the same time that we implemented Matt's advice. And that has more than made up for the investment. Yeah. So um, yeah. I can't say it, but I, can, I believe it. I believe I it mean, happened. So.
0: I'll say it for you. I
1: just kidding. <laughs> Put it on your website. Yeah, so. no, but
0: that's what I was saying. That there's a church I, I was coaching, it was the first one we ever did and we hit that and they were a church that from our from the time we coached, you know, they grew as a church in Huntsville from like 175 to about two sixty. Mm-hmm. But their financials, uh, they they grew from like I think it was twenty two thousand a month to thirty thousand a month within wow. the first six months. And that wow. obviously was a huge gain. Like that started providing serious financial margin for them. To, you mm. know, to make other moves that they, you know, that they need to do and, and invest in other, you know, ministry opportunities. Mm.
1: There's been a couple of times where we picked up something from Matt. We'll go into committee meetings and we'll share that. And the look on their face is just like, wow, that's genius. That's a great idea. And then we'll say, you know, I'm very tempted to just say, yeah, I came up with that. I made that up, sure. but we don't. We say Matt <laughs> told right. us to do that, which which is good because they approved, you know, the expenditure yeah. to get Matt on board. So. Um, just some great things there. I I do want to share a little bit about, we talked about overcoming the objective of, or the obstacle of, of just investing the sort of cost of getting a consultant. I want to say something else is when we went with Matt, when we decided to go with Matt, I had heard previously at other churches had looked into several different consulting groups, knew the cost. And so that's one thing when people say, well, I can't afford it. And I'll say, well, how much does it cost? And they'll say, "Well, I don't know." Well, you don't know if you can now, afford you it. Right? Yeah. 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 So we knew the cost. I knew how it ranged on different levels. I also called a lot of people who knew you, Matt. Um, I just called them and talked to them, and so the references all checked out. And then this was a big thing for me. There is a lot of consultants out there who've never led churches. They've never pastored churches. They've never been on those executive staffs. And so all of those were no good for me. I don't care how good business wise they were. Mm -hmm. If I just wanted business advice, that might be the person I want to go to. But there's a whole nother realm to this. So I looked at those kind of things. And not only the fact that uh, Matt had been involved in a church, but also that the bridge was a sort of church and a sort of climate and culture and environment that we um, could relate to. So it wasn't just going out here to, I don't know, like a, a Prestonwood or a Bellevue to talk about like Baptist churches. Those are, yeah. those are awesome churches, but they just don't really relate well to my context. So yeah. going with something with a bridge. And so I'd advise people to first find out the cost and then do some homework on who you will actually be consulted by. No.
0: Know, and that's you. huge. Especially like, you know, one, you know, uh nice thing is, you know, for the the larger companies, uh, I mean, that's obviously that's great. It means they've helped a ton of churches, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, you, sometimes you don't really know, Hey, you know, who am I getting, uh, wh- you know, what have, what have they led and did they lead in a context like what we're in or did they, did they have a type of just, you know, culture and vibe and direction and mission, you know, mm-hmm. you know th- that we have because it can make a big difference. You don't yeah. want someone who just re- you know has a kind of a, a wholehearted, um different entire philosophy of ministry and culture mindset than you mm-hmm. um because that can be more that can be more confusing than than helpful and so there's there's churches like you just said that you I mean there's companies that you know that's not a good fit for our church well uh man that's me also knowing there's a lot of churches who are not a good fit they're like I'm not a good fit for, mm-hmm. and so it's just you know being honest enough and wise enough to say what is the best fit that that my church will really get the the most out of this so that's yeah. why it's just for, you know, making sure people do their homework and their due diligence.
1: I'm curious of any other challenges that you have faced in the idea of consulting. And while you're thinking about that, I just want to remind our listeners that um, in the next episode next week, uh, Matt and I are going to talk about some of the top three. I think the top three sort of coaching areas that every church, every minister needs to be coached through and give you a little bit of advice from Matt himself on um on how to handle those things. But what are some yeah. other obstacles, Matt, in the last yeah, couple so, of minutes?
0: You know, the biggest obstacle that I get, and it's, it's kind of funny, it's I'll get this call. It's like, man, uh, or they'll reach out to me. Hey, I needed to have a call. I'm like, okay, let's, you know, let's do this. Let's talk. And the biggest obstacle is most pastors know that they need something. They just don't know what. Hmm. And so it's honestly, it's like that kind of that lack of knowing what their first step should be Limit. A lot lot of times just limits them taking a step at all. And so, uh, so sometimes I'll get, man, I think I need something, but I don't really know what. Let me try to figure it out and then I'll get back to you. (laughs) Well, those people never, never get back. Right. The people who make that first call is like, well, here's what's going on. Cause, you know, in a way, a pastor sees, well, here's where we're strong and here, you know, here's a lot of these areas that we're weak. I don't even really know what to do with you or, or how to prioritize what to tell you for you to come help us with. Uh, and so it's almost that lack of, just that lack of confidence and knowing, Hey, this is the first thing to hit. Um, sometimes can just be the, be a primary objective for them making a, a move at all. Right. Uh, when, you know, that's where it's like, no, just engage in the conversation because we'll discover together. Hey, what's the, the you know, what's, let's prioritize together. Um, what needs to come first? And, uh, usually just through some good conversation and me asking questions and and a lot of times people just need, they just need that outside perspective to get a little bit of clarity on the front end to know, like, here's the path forward. And I always do that for people. Like once, once I get that perspective of where they're at, I always come with a recommendation to give them some confidence and know, okay, I didn't know where exactly to pull the trigger. This makes sense to me. Let, you know, let's start here.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you go to the doctor, you can say, this is where it hurts. But I don't know what's wrong. And yep. so, and I don't know how to fix it. And so, even if you do to go to the doctor and you say, it hurts here and I tried ice or stretching, but it still hurts. That's a great way to go to a consultant and say, this is our points of sort of tension, I think. And here's a couple of things we've tried, but I don't know what to do past this. And that's okay. I One of the biggest conv- uh, convincers for me in the idea of getting a consultant was I didn't know a single church out there that I respected, that I talked to, that I knew kind of behind the scenes that was not being consulted by someone somewhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. every single one of them, every yeah. growing church out there went through a season of being consulted yeah. at some point. And so we just yeah. went ahead and said, let's do this at the very beginning when yeah. I got and here and to people second.
0: People would ask us the bridge all the time. Man, we're like, what's the secret sauce? What's the key? How did you do us? And I, I was always like, listen, none of this is our original ideas. You know, it's not that we were just, man, we were so smart and we just put it all together. Like, no, no, we, we paid consultants. We drove hours for coaching and we just got as much good feedback and information as possible and put it together. Um, And so that's honestly like with church ops for me, it was like, like, man, how can I hand deliver something that saves people a lot of time and a Mm -hmm. lot of money? From what we had to pour into to get all of this information, compile it for our context, implement it, work through the kinks, um, and it's like, man, there's got to be, a, you know, it's really, it's like if you watch the show Shark Tank, mm-hmm. there's always a problem, and someone says, there's got to be a better way, and that was honestly what I felt like with church. I was like, there's got to be a better way than an endless amount of road trips sure. and hundreds of hours and tens of thousands of dollars over and over and over. And then getting all that information and still having to come back and do all the work yourself. Right. And so I was like, man, if there's a way for me that's accessible to just be able to hand deliver, you know, a lot of this stuff that, you know, honestly, a lot of stuff we're going to hit in the the next episode. Like, Man, I would love to be able to do that in a way that was was easily um, just attainable, you know, for for as many churches as possible.
1: Cool, man. Thanks so much. How can uh, our listeners kind of connect with you? Find out more information.
0: Uh, yeah. So the website is church ops. So uh, just church group, um, dot com. And mm-hmm. then if you want to be pestered with uh, a bunch of college football tweets, my uh, <laughs> my Twitter handle is Matt underscore Swoboda, which is S-V-O-B-O-D-A. So and, me since- and me and Josh get along on there.
1: We do. And since Mike is not on the show and our listeners can't immediately hit me, I love it because it's not SEC chanting. That's right. I love that. That's so, right.
0: I'm a Nebraska boy who's been sent to the Big Ten while, <laughs> uh, while Josh is a Texas boy, still in the Big 12.
1: That's right. And, uh, and I know a giant chunk of our listeners are SEC fans. And to that, I am sorry. Um, you need some consulting. So anyways, uh, we'll have Matt back on next week. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate and review us online and uh, chat with you later. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher.
0: Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.